nice to meet you. We're all glad you came. Won't you try and remember our name? On Sharks, your daily source for all things San Jose hockey. My name is C. Morley. I'm the managing editor of SB Nation's Fear the Fen. I'm Kyle, and I've never been in the pizza game, but I would like to be in the pizza game one day. <laughs> Am I supposed to understand that reference? You need, <laughs> I, you need, to, you need to be online more. I'm uh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, Papa John's was going off last night. But that's not important because he's a racist. <laughs> we, have, we have probably our most important, important, biggest, our best episode. Uh, coming up so uh, without further ado we have one half of the bad boys of podcasting Pete Blackburn with us teasing this as your biggest uh, episode <laughs> is extremely false advertising yeah Pete's pretty short quite yeah, possibly sure. your smallest <laughs> quite possibly your smallest episode yet well it's like you and I get put together that's like two people so we're good perfect it's true. <laughs> oh yeah you don't know that Kyle is a Kyle's huge he's very tall so <laughs> it'd be a really funny matchup to see you two standing next to each other. It'd be like that picture of um, Johnny Gaudreau like- and Sarah. <laughs> well, I did John Scott's podcast the other week and like literally everybody's one request was that we take a picture together. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it was I was remote. We weren't together in the same studio, but that would have been great. Yeah, that would have been incredible. Uh, <laughs> you did really great on that podcast, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, we have wow. you here. <laughs> it was a very, it was a very daunting podcast because, like, it was the first time that. Well, yes, but it was like the first time that uh, an an NHL player had asked me to come on his podcast, so that was cool. First of all, and then, like, secondly, uh, I used to just absolutely lay into John Scott all the time. Like back when, back when I was in my younger days, and I really didn't. I was like mainly a blogger and kind of just like being an a-hole online towards players and stuff. And John Scott was a, a frequent punching bag. And uh, apparently he did his research before that, before that uh, interview. And he, he knew that, that I uh, had previously said quite a lot of things about him. So it was like a very interesting interview because we, uh, we like recognized that we had gone back and forth before and, uh, and we so, sort of put aside our differences. That's amazing. Did you happen to see last year? I know John Scott was talking about texting um, Joe Thornton about being on the Sharks again, and Joe wanted him back on the Sharks. <laughs> did you happen to really? see that? I did not yeah. see that. <laughs> it was during it was during the playoffs. Um, it was disturbing to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since the Sharks had picked up Michael Haley off of waivers. Oh right. <laughs> It seemed a little redundant at that point, but um, speaking of Joe Thornton, that is the whole reason that we have brought you on the podcast today, because the anniversary of the Joe Thornton trade is coming up, and we already got Kyle's story from the Joe Thornton trade. That was not something, or during a time when I was really aware of the NHL, (laughs) but um, you know, you as a Bruins fan obviously have some feelings about that, so tell us about where you were and what you were doing the day of the Joe Thornton trade. Well, I have to preface it by saying, like, Joe Thornton was the guy. Like, he was the one of the first guys that I, like, fell in love with watching hockey. I was born in 91, um, and I was, I was a Red Sox fan for, like, Red Sox first for a while. And then I started to shift into hockey once Joe Thornton was drafted. And so, like, 
he is a very, very important part of my life. Like I realize that he's just one guy and he hasn't played here in over a decade, but Joe Thornton is largely responsible for why I love hockey so much. So like he'll always hold a piece of my heart and like one of the most vivid moments that I have in my early days of being a hockey fan was the Joe Thornton trade. Cause it was just like, like Boston was a miserable sports town. Yeah. It was Boston was a miserable sports town for quite a while. And like, I wasn't totally used to the Bruins providing me with happiness. I just really enjoyed, <laughs> I just enjoyed hockey. Um, and like, I didn't know that there was, there was happiness to be had, but I did realize when Joe Thornton was traded, that I was like, oh, this can like, this can legitimately rip my heart out because I was in elementary school and I remember waking up one morning uh, and like just getting ready for school and eating cereal at the kitchen table. I literally remember I was eating cereal at the kitchen table and I heard it on the radio. Uh, I heard it on the radio oh, that Joe oh Thornton <laughs> had been traded. I think it was overnight or if it was the previous night. It was overnight. during, yeah. It was during a game the previous day because that's how I found out I was because Canada was obviously obsessed with this shit. So they literally broke into their intermission to talk about this. But it was like like eight o'clock at night the day before. It was very, very out of nowhere. Yeah. So I know that it was so it was at night the previous night and I found out on the radio the next morning. And I just remember like sitting at the table. I'm not sure if I cried, but it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. Um, <laughs> I was I was really, really upset. And um, I don't remember if my dad was around because my dad would sort of introduce me to the Bruins. And I do remember being shocked. And I do remember being like, why the hell did that happen? Why? Why did they trade him? Why? Why? And And like I got no answers, obviously, and I still don't have the, the goddamn answers. Uh, and I just remember it just being like a moment where my heart was legitimately ripped out. And it was one of my earliest like Bruins heartbreaks. Oh, yeah, it was tough. <laughs> I I can imagine uh, like and that was like before that I, before I even realized that like, hey, this trade sucks and oh, that trade so absolutely right. sucked. But like that was even that that would take that out of the equation. I was my heart was drifted out just because I love Joe Thornton so much. So then you throw in the fact that uh, Joe Thornton's gone on to have an amazing career, and the Bruins got nothing out of that trade. It's just like one of the worst moments in my life. So what you're saying is you don't have any favorite Marco Sturm or Wayne Primo <laughs> memories. I do remember uh, liking Brad Stewart for uh, like the half season that he was in Boston. I was like, huh, maybe this will be worth it. And then he immediately <laughs> leaves. So, nope. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Uh, that does get into my next point, though, is that, um, you know, like I said, Kyle's told us about kind of the shark side of things, what happened after um, Joe Thornton was traded. But, you know, from the Bruins side of things, what did that like affect you as a Bruins fan? Like you're, I mean, you were little, but still, did that affect your ability to be a Bruins fan for a bit? No, I still, I still like the Bruins and I still watch the Bruins and and I, I miss Joe and and obviously like he went on to have a great season that year and 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 uh, um, I, I believe he won MVP that season. Um, sure, sure and, did. Yeah, and so like it was. It was tough to swallow. And I remember just like being bitter about it the the entire rest of the season. But no, it didn't it didn't affect my like ability to enjoy the Bruins. Um, there was still, uh, you know, I, I was a big Sergei Samsonov guy as well. And oh. uh, so Wait, you, like you, you were the guy that wanted Sergei Samsonov to win rookie of the year over Joe Thornton. 
Not, not over Joe Thornton, but like I was a big Sergey Samsonov guy. I remember like for some reason, I remember like a Christmas commercial back when like they were like the young studs on the Bruins. And there was a commercial in which Joe Thornton, I think, literally unwrapped Sergey Samsonov <laughs> in wrapping paper. And I was like, this is the best commercial of all time. Like, this is what being a Bruins fan is all about. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but like, I remember that commercial to this day. And I believe that it was like, a, it was probably a Nesson commercial or something, but like, I don't know why that commercial was like a big part of my childhood. And, uh, so like, I still love the Bruins, uh, even though Joe wasn't here, but it was, it was, uh, obviously something that was tough to swallow. How do oh, you think ahead. the trade would have been received in the Twitter era? Like, like say this, say Joe Thornton was four or whatever, eight years into his career this year. And he gets traded because he had broken ribs. What do you what do you think happens? Do you think the world just melts down? Yeah, well, obviously, like the initial reaction would just be like, "Oh my god!" Everybody dunking on the Bruins and being like, "Why the hell would they do this?" And then being somebody who's you know from from around here, obviously, like Bruins fans would talk themselves into it. They'd like cook up of these course. takes uh, about like how Joe Thornton wasn't fitting in or blah blah blah, and like. A bunch of people would dig up these obscure stats about like <laughs> actually Joe Thornton sucks and <laughs> getting in, in Primo and Stewart and Marcus Sturm. It's it's well gonna replace Joe Thornton's production, uh, and so like it, it, that's exactly what would happen. And then like four years later, everybody would pretend like they didn't say that it was a bad idea. <laughs> so basically, it's the, like the, the Antonio Tyler's... Brown saga just spread out. <laughs> It would just be the Tyler Sagan trade and how everybody reacted to that. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Man, the Bruins have made so many ill-advised trades that I forgot that Tyler Sagan was one of them. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's it's sort of easy to forget that he was ever on the Bruins at this point, other than like the jokes, just because like they, they traded him and obviously they had a couple down years, but like they're doing pretty well. <laughs> and like the fact that they were able to get completely fleeced on that trade get almost nothing out of it of like a from like a superstar young player and still be in a position where they're one of the best teams in the league for like the past couple of years. Kind of wild. It, I, to me, it's wild that they have managed to stay so competitive in the last few years when they can't draft for the life of them. <laughs> Yo, well, that's not I mean, We're talking about David Pasternak, where, who was drafted, what, 26th? And... Uh, I mean, he's going to lead the league in goals this year. So, like, they've had a bunch of misses, but they've do, also do the had, next one. <laughs> yeah, they've also had a bunch of hits. So, like, yeah. in the past few years, they've they've done pretty well. Yeah, that's fair. Getting back to Joe Thornton, I had another question there, which, um, having talked to your friend Kellen on our previous show, Blood, Sweat, and Teal, um, I had brought up to him that I thought that you were a Closet Sharks fan. And he corrected me that, no, you're just a big Joe Thornton fan. So what has it been like for you watching Joe Thornton with the Sharks over the years? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I always root for for Joe Thornton. And, like, I certainly root for him in the playoffs because I, I want him to get a cup so bad. And, and it, it's sort of similar to, like, the Ovechkin thing where I, I hate to see really good players catch you know, unnecessary or like very lazy criticisms and flack. And, um, you know, I don't want anybody to ever hold it against Joe Thornton that he never won a cup because he's, he's been an amazing player his entire career. And, you know, it just, things just haven't really broken his way. And I wouldn't say that it's his fault. And you can tell that the guy just like, 
is he's a gamer and like he loves he loves hockey and he he loves the sport and and you know he's heartbroken every time they lose and it's so so tough to see <laughs> uh, I, I have a folder of sad thornton gifts on my I, I feel That's really terrible. guilty that like if you look up sad thornton there's like one gif where it's like him crying after um and like the black a, armor jersey Yes, and, and like it's it was on a, a loss to the Kings, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's it's on. A, if you find mine, uh, it's on a loop, Why? so it's like oh, on a perfect yeah. loop, and it's just him, like sad forever. And oh. I feel very guilty that I put that out on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I feel feel very dirty about it. That like the saddest Joe Thornton gif of all time belongs to me. Um, oh, but yeah, I, it's it's something that like I, I've. I don't particularly like the sharks and like, or th- they don't really do anything for me. Um, cool. And so, great thing to say on Sharks uh, podcast. This concludes our podcast with Pete yeah. Blackburn. Go fuck they, yourself. They don't do anything for me, but like I've, I've rooted for them just because I want to see want to see Joe win. Um, and like I would root for Joe no matter where he went, unless it was like Toronto or Montreal. But yeah, it's 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 not a case of me being a Sharks fan. It's just me like wanting him to to finally get one. How difficult would it have been for you if last year the Sharks made it through the Western Conference Final instead of the Blues? Yeah, I said it last year. That would have been my my absolute nightmare. It would have been <laughs> it would have been like on one hand, it would have been cool because like you win because either the way. Would have won the cup. <laughs> well, yes, that that, but also yeah. like like you win either way because if, if the Bruins. The, if the Bruins don't win, then I get to see Joe win one. Um, and if Joe doesn't win, the Bruins win. My favorite team wins. And um, like looking back on it, I would have preferred they had made it to the Stanley Cup final. But <laughs> yes, I had, to, I had to watch. I had to watch the Bruins lose to the Blues. So I, I there's was absolutely nothing redeeming about that from me personally. Um, so like at least let me get something out of it. Uh, but you know, at the time, I was like, this is the worst this would be the worst case scenario because I, I wouldn't want the Bruins to beat Joe uh, and let him get that close just for another heartbreak. Would Okay. I have a very Joe Thornton specific question. It's a, would you rather, would you rather Joe Thornton win the cup or score four goals in a game? Oh man. That's, that's, <laughs> very, that's very tough. Oh uh, man. Very tough. Cause I'm not, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I think I kind of want to see the four goals and hope for a cup in the future from the Sharks. Yeah, I mean, like, so, like, the four goals thing, it would be, it would be, it would be hilarious just because uh, you know that the, those questions would come. And the fact that he would have to, like, genuinely respond to a question about, like, hey, hate to bring this up, but you said that you would pull your dick out if you scored four goals. Um, like, um, are, you, are you a man of the word or not? Thomas Dick. <laughs> My, yeah. my my leading theory is that he would mime the jerk off motion on the ice. Yeah, because that's who he is. Like I think fourth one by like pantomiming, like pulling his dick out and <laughs> and doing things to it on the ice as the goal celebration. It might be the best goal celebration of all time, and like that would go down in history. So I, I feel like I would have to take that possibility over seeing him win a cup. Um, but like, that oh man, either one would be a gift. <laughs> To, to like my my existence C- crying joe thornton with a cup over his head would just like make me cry as a 30 year old man which is weird you gotta, you gotta also like consider the 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 chances of like 
if Joe Thornton wins one, there's a good chance you're going to see him pull the dick out anyway. Oh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the Sharks, uh, upon Joe Thornton's arrival in San Jose, they had to start giving the team robes because Joe Thornton because was too, too naked in the locker room. Yeah, he's literally always <laughs> naked. So <laughs> It is. I, I very often see, like, when he does intermission interviews, he's just, like, completely topless. Like, he's... Yeah, shirtless in, in the yeah. hallway and it's like i've seen that happen a few times but there's it, there are few players that will just like get half naked in intermission just to get redressed like 10 minutes later right. and joe yeah. thorne's apparently yeah. hey dougie Hello. hamilton's another one so like maybe it's just like the ginger gene or something i don't know because i heard that jamie ben has to change his underwear between every period because he's so sweaty so like <laughs> i think he gets completely naked too <laughs> Jamie Ben's just a disgusting human being. Yeah. So, oh, so gross. We don't we don't want to go down this path with Jamie Ben, mostly because <laughs> mostly because he won't either. Right. Exactly. Uh, one other thing that Kellen told us is that you were rooting for the Kings, that they were your West Coast team team, but you told us before we started that it's actually this year it's the Canucks. And I yeah, well, I, I actually the King- hate you. I just yes, met you and fair. you picked the Kings and then the Canucks. That yeah, is so, shit. <laughs> uh, you can call me a bandwagon or whatever, but like I liked the Kings back when when they were winning, like I liked their style of play. And also like the Manchester Monarchs were uh, the AHL team. So a lot of the guys that I'd Throwback. seen play around here um, had gone on to play for for the Kings. And so I always like. You had but, to follow Milan Lucic, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think about around that time I was kind of out on the Kings, um, but. Like I, I always like to pick a West Coast team because I'm I'm always up watching hockey no matter what. So like once the early games, the East Coast games finish, I, I sort of like to latch onto a West Coast team just to have like a rooting interest late into the night. Um, and the Kings were one of those earliest teams, and like it's since become the Canucks, which is crazy to me considering 2011. Like I never envisioned myself liking the Canucks, but it's a completely different team these days. So it's whatever. Um, yeah, like I don't know, the Kings were were that team for a while, um, and you know they're not anymore because they're just absolutely no fun to watch, just an absolute uh, disaster of an organization at this point in time. But uh, yeah, it's, so it's just more of like a I will like un, like shamelessly bandwagon a West Coast team just so that I can have like fun watching them uh, on a regular basis at at, at night. I also like the Canucks, so you know what? I'm I'm on your team for this one, Kyle. Canucks are a very <laughs> likable team. Like they are, once, especially once you year. put aside the fact that they're the Vancouver Canucks. They, <laughs> their, their actual roster is is very fun. I love Quinn Hughes. I love Elias Patterson. Uh, Brock Besser has the best hair in the league. Big Tyler Myers guy, apparently. Not a big Tyler Myers guy. I was was not a fan of that. But, uh, like, overall, a very likable team, which is a major switch up from the 2011 Canucks, which was the most unlikable team of all time. Like, you you know how much, you know how unlikable your team has to be that, like, the entire world is basically like, screw those guys, we're gonna root for the Boston team. Yeah, and that's and. basically what the world did in 2011. They were like, "All right, well, I guess we'll root for the Bruins because this <laughs> is the worst." And it's not even like they live in a junk city like Edmonton or whatever. Right. They live in Vancouver, like which a is a nice amazing. place. <laughs> yeah, Vancouver's awesome. It's, and like did. the faces of that team were the Sedines, and the Sedines are like, I know they were p- punching bags for a long time, but like 
they're like really nice guys. And so like the entire world just united against hating the Canucks because everybody around the Sedins was so unlikable. Oh, was that like Kessler, Bieksa, yes, Burroughs? Yes, had the was most Bertuzzi? punchable face. Yeah, uh, Burroughs. Uh, I don't think I don't think Bertuzzi was on the team at the time, but like Alex Burrows was there. Max uh, Lapierre, possibly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, so like ugh. just an incredibly dislikable team. Oh, God. All right. I know Kyle has one more question for you. But before we get to that, I <laughs> I have a question that is totally out of left field. But this podcast is just me getting bullied by a Canadian five days a week. Uh, <laughs> And one thing I've gotten bullied over is my opinion on Tavern Cut Pizza. Do you know what Tavern Cut Pizza is before I get any further in this? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. Oh, okay, yeah. so it's like when you cut the slices into squares, instead of like cutting across the pizza, you cut, like, or like, I don't know, cutting through the middle of the pizza, you cut into... So like, is it a circular pizza? Yes. Yeah, so I know what you're talking about now. Okay. Yeah, where it's, they're like, they're like smaller, like sort of squarish pizza. Uh, cuts and like some of them don't have the crust yes yeah i know what you're talking about absolute benefit of the tavern cut pizza how do you feel about tavern cut pizza because i've had kyle and then our league manager sean woodley like just absolutely bullying me over this issue uh i mean like it's 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 okay like it's fine it's at the end of the day you're still eating pizza so it's it can't be that bad but like it had i think for like for a tavern cut pizza to be cut that way it needs to be like a tavern type pizza yes where it's like a crispy um like sort of thin with maybe like a little overcooked bar pizza like you can't like the you can't have like a very like thick saucy fluffy tavern cut pizza i just i don't think that that works bar pizza is the most like massachusetts thing you've said so far I mean, yeah. it's a thing. There's definitely like a difference between a bar pizza and, oh, yeah. and like a, a a pizza pizza. All yeah. our listeners that are in university and college that come out of the pub and have one dollar slices—that's bar pizza. <laughs> well, that's just shrunk pizza, which is like <laughs> you you got a piece of cardboard, threw a little marinara sauce on it, threw it in the oven for five seconds, and fed it to an eighteen-year-old who who couldn't know the difference if he was eating actual garbage or uh, or a piece of one dollar pizza what uh what's your what's your hottest food take because we talk about food all the time because we're trash food monsters oh yeah we have a whole food episode coming up so oh yeah our thanksgiving episode is just us talking about food and the differences between thanksgivings interesting uh, i don't have like i don't have like a ton of like food food hot takes really like i i feel like i'm a pretty normal food eater i guess maybe um like I'm a, a dry cereal person for life. Uh, I don't That's do weird. milk in my cereal. Wait, um, so don't tell me you do it like the chicken get out where you do like eat it. And no, then, like, no, 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 no. Okay, no, I, I just I leave milk out of the equation entirely yeah that's fine <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I, that's like probably my weirdest one like if you want to if you want a very timely one like I, I think that stuffing sucks I, I, I think that like most thanksgiving foods kind of suck like i'm yes. not You're i'm not the biggest <laughs> <laughs> i'm not the biggest turkey fan like ham is way better than turkey um and like i i'm not like a cranberry person so that's off my thanksgiving table stuffing's not great like and so like i i i have like a very non-thanksgiving thanksgiving do you just like order pizza from like pizzeria regina no, it's ba- it's basically like I pick 
two things that are that are like served at, at Thanksgiving and I eat disgusting portions of it. Like there's always some baked mac and cheese that I'll eat like half the pan. Um, and then I'll, I'll like try to seek out some ham maybe. And and that's my Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, you might be the only person I'll actually ever get to talk to Kyle about toasted ravs because I talk about it all the time in the Fear the Fin Slack. I make toasted ravs constantly and I feel like you're the only other person I've ever known who knows what toasted ravs are. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, they're like a delicacy. They're so of, of St. Louis, so how good can they be? No, I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't even know that that uh, that toasted ravs were, were a St. Louis thing or that like St. Louis claimed them. Um, but I, so the place that I grew up in was Waltham, Massachusetts, and like the big restaurant in Waltham um, is the Chateau, and the Chateau has like the best toasted ravs in the world, and that's like one of their most famous dishes and so i grew up just uh like thinking that toasted ravs were available everywhere and that they were all so good but apparently not and like when i have them it is it is just a gift and they they're so good and if you if you slander the good name of toasted ravs I will have to send you some some Chateau toasted ravs to, to get you back on my side because I mean they're unbelievable. I'll do I'll do I'll do you one better. How close is Chateau to uh, Boston Children's at Waldo? Because I'm going to be there in a couple weeks. Uh, probably like probably like 20, 25 minutes, and oh, it's worth so it. Oh, it's really? It. Oh, Kyle, yeah, you're going to get yourself some toasted ravs. You yeah, I have to I have to be <laughs> in Boston a lot coming up in the rest of the winter, so uh, I guess I'll have to. They're available on Uber Eats, so you might be able to Uber Eat some to yourself. All right, so. you hear that? If my company listens to this, prepare for those expenses. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, Kyle, do you want to wrap up? Uh, yeah, just to finish up here, what's your two favorite storylines uh, of the NHL so far? Uh, this year? Oh, man. Well, I could uh, be up all time. I don't know. Do you have, like, <laughs> strong Ray Bork takes or something? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm a huge Ray Bork guy. Um, but... Uh, so, so if we're going to, all right, so I'll give you a, uh, like an all time one right now. Uh, I don't oh, think it's yes. much of a hot take, but if we're going to, if we're going to say like, if we're going to bring up Ray Bork, I think Ray Bork's cup, uh, cup raising celebration is the best of all time in the That's history. Of the- that, that is, that is a known quantity, a known okay. fact in the world. But, I, but I here's agree. where the, here's where number two might be. Uh, I think that Alexander Ovechkin's is number two. Yeah. Um, and like when, when the caps won, like I have, absolutely no skin in the caps game other than like just rooting for Ovechkin and the Ovechkin raising the cup legitimately a hundred percent dead serious made me cry. It made me cry like a baby. And that was two years ago. So I was what I was 26 years old, uh, just a full grown adult man (laughs) crying (laughs) over a guy that I've never met I, I'm, I, I have met Ovechkin, but a guy that I have like no personal relationship with. I it's a team that I couldn't care less about. Uh, and just like him making me cry, winning a cup against like just it, there's no reason for me to cry over that. And it made me it made it happen. Uh, and like I, it, I, it made me cry later in the summer. I would I went back and I watched it. I cried again. Uh, I was like, this is the <laughs> It was unbelievable, and I don't know, I can't explain it, but it was like a really nice reminder that, like, hey, I can feel emotions. <laughs> like, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was just like a very cool thing uh, for me to be reminded that, like, s- sports can can make me cry, 
even when they shouldn't. Um, and that, like they can make me feel very strong emotions. So Alex Ovechkin, number two cup raise of all time. The, the uh, worst cup yeah. raise of all time is Mark Messier's stupid face laughing. Yeah. And like <laughs> the shaking, like the yeah. shaking of the cup. <laughs> yes. Uh, giving the, the cup worst. shaken baby syndrome. <laughs> yeah. The uh, worst. But, yeah. And, uh, as far as like favorite storylines in the NHL right now, I mean, the one that's that's currently unfolding uh, of just like it seems like there might be just like an absolute reckoning of like bad behavior being yeah. cast down in the NHL. Like, that's kind of fun. Obviously, it's it's not fun in the sense that like you're finding out all these crappy things that have happened to to players throughout the years and and things like that. But it is always very nice when bad people sort of like get get their comeuppance and and uh and you know that you sort of like strike down the the toxicity within the sport and things like that so you know i, I don't want to like hope that there's that there's like a, a bunch more of stuff because it obviously means that it there's been a bunch more of stuff happening but I will say that I'm rooting for like any of the the like the bad crap and the toxic crap that's been going on in hockey over the past couple of decades. If that gets struck down uh, as a result of uh, of like what's happened over the past couple of weeks, you know, and the fact that it started with the Leafs just being terrible makes it even better. <laughs> so like I, I will for sure root for that. I never I thought say- Mark Andre Fleury would bring down the team. <laughs> yeah. I was the, just gonna say Mark Andre Fleury save. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was Mary Clark who who tweeted uh, the meme today that it was like somebody pushing over a very small domino. The dominoes. And it, yeah. Yes, and it was uh, like the Mark Andre Fleury save, <laughs> and like a huge, huge domino being like uh, like the toxicity in hockey being systematically taken down. Yeah. I thought that was very, very good. So yeah, that's a storyline that I'll for sure keep an eye on and be rooting for uh, cautiously over over the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Well, where can people find you, Pete? Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, Pete Blackburn. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, right. So I don't know if you heard of it. This thing called Twitter, and I'm, I'm there occasionally. Uh, my podcast is Listen to Brunch, uh, or actually, it's just Brunch, but it's Listen to Brunch on Twitter. So yeah, that's fine. And then um, you can read me at at cbssports.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right. We want to say thank you to Pete Blackburn for coming on the show and follow him at Pete Blackburn on Twitter. He's very online. So <laughs> go He's check him out. He's a very online boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also want to say thank you to the Honey Wilders for letting us use their song Idle Wild as our intro and outro. You can find them on any form of social media. You can find them on Spotify. Just search the Honey Wilders. Go give them a listen and a follow because they're great. Um, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can follow us at Locked on Sharks. You can also send us any comments, questions, concerns. Anything you want us to talk about on air at lockedontracks at gmail.com. If you want to follow Kyle on Twitter, you can follow him at Kyle Demetrius. If you want to follow C on Twitter, follow them at now you see me and it's spelled S I E, just like they spell their name. <laughs> you like floating away at the end of that? <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I love it. Our podcast right. handles sound way worse than being like, yeah, you can follow Pete fucking Blackburn at Pete fucking Blackburn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Kyle, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, now we need to up our famous person game. <laughs> Mario Ferraro, get on the podcast. Please come on the podcast already. <laughs> Mario.